Hello all and welcome to the second installment of The Cavern Today. This is your news from the surface reporter, Molwag, filling in for Vera Loon, who is on vacation in Spain. We're really looking forward to having him back. Not only is he a very good host, but while he's gone, my workload doubles. Huh, well, in a way, it's hard to believe that our first podcast is now history. It was a whole lot of fun to put together, and while there were definitely some problems, we think we're already well on the way to solving most of them. And any of you who listened to our first podcast will no doubt notice a considerable improvement this time around, and our hope is that our cast will just keep getting better. Hey, Tyon! Well, here we are doing our second podcast already. Now that a few hundred copies of the first cast have been downloaded, I've got to ask, what did you think of it? Well, to be honest, I really... It was cheesy. I'm sorry, that's what I think of it. It was cheesy. The content was good. I did like Gadrin's, um review of Mist 5, and, of course, I liked um, Mattis's song, Shoot, particularly. <laughs> yeah, the audio quality left a whole lot to be desired, didn't it? You know, we're surrounded by crystal clear digital audio all day, and I guess we sort of take it for granted. And that's what we have in mind for the podcast, of course, but... Obviously, we were expecting more of the TeamSpeak application than it's really designed to provide. Well, good news, though. Listeners will be glad to know that our producers have been very busy during the past few weeks and that cheesy audio is a thing of the past. Cheesy content, on the other hand, well, what can I say? I have to agree, though. Gadrin was a great interview, and we have a real artist in Mateus. I look forward to hearing more of his music. Hey, what about our dramatic serial, Journey of the Cult? We got a lot of email about that one, but all the same... Do you think there's some room for improvement there, too? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, no. To be truthful, I thought it was awful. It hadn't been put together right, and I just, I didn't say anything because I don't want to offend people. But it was last minute, of course, so that was that. People enjoyed it, though, and I was glad about that. So, So that's what I thought of the serial. Well, I have to agree. But to give some credit to our fans, I think they excused us for a lot of the problems. But this time around, we've used a different program to collect the audios, and the clarity has considerably improved. And I must say that the editing is a lot better this time, too, and the drama is a lot easier to listen to now, and a lot more fun. We're trying to set a standard for all of our future podcasts, so bear with us. And let's talk about the future of our podcast and fantasize a bit. If you could pick a dream interview... I mean, just a killer interview that would rocket our podcast to the top of the charts, assuming there are podcast charts, who would that be? Uh, well, particularly, I would like to interview the actor from Mist 3 and, of course, Rand. That's what I hope I can do. The, the po- Actually, let me rephrase that. That's what I hope the podcast will eventually come to, because I particularly like those two people. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to admit that Brad Dourif, who played Savidro in Exile, would be a fabulous interview. And needless to say, interviewing anyone from Cyan would be unbelievably cool. We're hoping that, as our podcast grows in popularity, people will contact us with requests for interviews and other features. And that's a hint, by the way. Fans can always reach us via our website, www.thecaverntoday.com, or by email at ocupado, that's O-C-C-U-P-A-D-O, at comcast.net. Hey, Ty, a lot of fans really enjoyed your Barrow interview in the first program. And speaking of comedy, I uh, hear you had a run-in with our new receptionist, Mrs. McGillicuddy. I don't know the whole story here, but I hear she was hired and 
and fired on the same day for smoking in the forum or something. Ruby hired her but didn't tell Steve Crocs about it, and it just didn't work out, but at least she left us a souvenir. It's a message she left us on our answering machine. Hey, will somebody turn that music down? I'm trying to answer the phone here. This is Miguel Acotti at the Cavern today, a Cavern Communications production. Around the world and across the shards, this is the Cavern today. I'm very busy with some other things. So if you wouldn't mind, if you could just leave a text message. The problem is that we would have a recording at our on-location studios. However, we're on a limited budget, so we have to record it here. If you would like to leave a message with us, just uh, just post a text message on our forum or go to our website at www.thecaverntoday.com and we'll get right back to you or else somebody will. Uh, I know that it says Mrs. Mr. McGillicuddy will be available, but he's not. He's uh, tracking some podcaster type uh, pastor posters who like to just post. Anyway, get back to you later. Bye. Huh. Well, I, I guess I understand why Ruby had to fire her, but still, it must have been a hard choice. But then, well, you know, life is filled with choices, isn't it? And speaking of choices, I had to get something off my chest last week, so I recorded the following bit. Indulge me for a minute. This is important. Hello, this is Mowog, your news from the surface reporter. And I'm thinking out loud here, uh... We need to talk about moral dilemmas. I think we came across a classic moral dilemma uh, when we first played Uru and had to choose between the philosophies of Yisha and the uh, philosophies of the DRC. Yisha, of course, wanted to um, to restore the spirit of the Dunny people and not necessarily the city, whereas the DRC wanted to restore the city as an archaeological project and safety was their watchword and they really didn't care about the you know the spirit of the Dunny people. So we had to make that decision. Even in until Uru, uh, I came across a situation just the other day where I had to make a moral decision. Uh, I had gone down to the neighborhood, uh, to the institution hood, on the tapestry shard. I'd taken along some reading material to pass some time. I propped up my feet. I had my shoes off. I'd left them up in my relto. was reading, and I happened to see a large spider uh, crawling close to my feet. Well, you know, a cavern being a cavern... Uh, you're going to have critters down there, and there are spiders. You've probably seen them yourself. And I happened to notice that this one was not just any spider. It was a brown recluse, and as such would have a very venomous bite. Well, I looked around for something to hit the spider with to kill it. I normally don't bother spiders. I let them take care of their business, and they let me take care of mine. But in the case of a poisonous spider, I, I try to you know protect myself and anybody else that may be there later. Uh, and I was looking around for something to hit it with, as I mentioned, and all I had was a copy of National Geographic. Now, this is where the moral dilemma comes in. You can't kill a spider with a National Geographic. It's just reprehensible. Uh, Chances are that magazine has probably got a big article on spiders anyway, and it's just absolutely wrong to kill a spider (laughs) with such a magazine. So I thought about it for a little bit and then just moved over to another chair. So the next time you go down to the hood, and especially if you go in the classroom, look out for the spider. And if you want to smack it with something, take down a copy of People magazine. This is Mowog signing off. 
So, you see, sometimes we have to make some tough choices, but an easy choice to make would be to listen to our second podcast. We have some great features this time. Deg is going to be telling us about Mysterium 2005. We've put together a poetry slam featuring the cast of Journey of the Called, and, of course, there's Journey of the Called itself, our dramatic serial. As I mentioned earlier, we've made great progress with audio quality, acting quality, too, for that matter, as always, we'll have news and weather, plus reports from our field reporters. It's going to be a full program. So that's it from here. And now, a word from our sponsor. On Monday nights, when you find you are craving something sweet, drop by the Alpha Blue Shard and indulge those cravings. Every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Chocolate Indulgence Night is celebrated in the Chocolatery Denny neighborhood. French... Belgian, Swiss, and Spanish chocolates are brought to the cavern weekly, and each week a different country's chocolate confections are featured. Along with these luscious, always complimentary creations, vintage champagne, sparkling non-alcoholic cider, and Dunasani water is served. Your hostess each Monday is SJ. Gift baskets created by request. This is not infidelity, ladies. It just feels like it. Shura, everyone. It's Tayan, here with Reverend Vader in Agura. Welcome, Reverend Vader. I'm glad you could join us. Now, like many other Mist fans, I'm dying to know how many copies of Mist 5 have been sold. Wow. <laughs> how many copies? That's, that's a great question, and unfortunately, it's not one that, that I have the answer to. I, I'm not even sure how many people at Cyan know the answer to that question. Um, obviously, with Uru... We wanted it to be a lot, but it wasn't enough. In fact, the computer game industry has a tendency to look at just the first few weeks. A company like Ubisoft gives it a little bit of extra time. They'll do the same for Myst 5. You know, hopefully for Myst 5, it's going to be a lot, um, and we'll just have to see, I guess. So, uh, unfortunately, that's not a very helpful answer, but <laughs> that's about the best I can do right now. I don't have any inside information. Sure you can't give us a hint? Okay. Well, since you can't tell us, we at the cavern today were wondering how many other explorers are with us. Just how many copies of Until Ur have been downloaded? Ooh, how many downloaded? Um, that's a good question, and to be honest, I don't know if anybody knows the answer to that either. Uh, if anybody would, it would probably be Chip. I mean, he's been responsible for, you know, for keeping the authentication uh, server running and for um, just making sure it was going, being kind of a go-between. Um, with the community and, and making Until Uru possible. You know, a big thanks to him for, for having the passion to keep that going. As far as the number of shards that are available, um, I know that we have 22 active shards on the list. They're not always accessible at all times, and there are a couple that we may be having problems with right now. But um, 22 on the list. There are six more that are available. You can type in the address manually and get, get in there. So that makes 28 active uh, Until Uru shards. You know, so there's a lot of activity going on. It can get pretty complicated from time to time, but um, hey, the community's alive and well, and there are a lot of places where you can go and meet and visit, and uh, a lot of the shards are, are, are fairly active and have consistent traffic. We at the Cavern today would like to say thank you to Chip as well. In your role as the community leader at the Ubisoft forums, have you met any Cyanists, and could you give us any insight, information on what's going on at Cyan? And how did you manage to become a moderator? 
I, I was asked to be a moderator. Um, it wasn't too long ago, um, mostly because I was pretty involved in the forums, the Ubi forums, just trying to be helpful because I, I love the game. But uh, it is the Ubi forums too. So really, I haven't had any direct personal contact with anyone from Cyan. As far as, as uh, Ubisoft is concerned, again, w those of us that moderate at the Ubi forums, we have uh, meetings with, with Katie Postma. So we are able to, to get some inside information, but um, nothing that I think would really surprise anybody. Um, as far as what I can tell you about the guys at Cyan, and again, I use the term guys generically because I know they're, they're ladies too, but um, you know, they, they love to create worlds and they love this stuff. And um, I, I know that a lot of the things that have been going on lately have been real hard on them. But um, I think they, many of them would probably do it for free if they thought they could pay the bills that way. I know that Myst 5 um, is a very important game at this point for Cyan, especially with um, recent events. And, and the official line is that two things that, that has to really happen for Cyan after the, um, the recent layoffs. And again, they're just layoffs. Two things that need to happen. Mist 5 needs to be a success. And then Cyan has to sell their next idea to a publisher, which is supposed to be some type of new interactive storytelling um, that hasn't really happened yet. So uh, or it hasn't really been seen before. So there's a lot of unknown about latest. And this isn't the only project they have in the works. There's another big project that I believe they have in the works as well. Two projects and latest may be the one that they've been they were they were pitching a few weeks ago to this this company. So uh, just keep our fingers crossed and keep saying prayers because you know I, I want to see Cyan be successful and I don't want to see them um, um, disappear into obscurity as so many smaller game companies have in recent years. Oh, of course they're taking an interest in it. I mean, oh, it was their baby for years. I think they invested seven years of their time and money and blood and sweat and tears in something they believed was going to be a revolutionary form of entertainment. And because of the nature of the industry, it just wasn't able to happen. It's really not anybody's fault, per se. I mean, Rand Miller believed in this thing to the point... I think according to Steve Ogden in his blog, he said that Rand Miller invested some of his own personal savings to make sure that the employees got paid while they were working on this thing. I mean, they believed in this. So, oh, you better believe they, they're interested. Um, now, the reality of whether or not they're actually able to do something. I mean, when Uru Live was canceled, they had to kind of abandon it for the most part and focus their energies on getting uh, the expansion packs out and then, of course, missed five. So they wanted to be able to do more, I know. But I think they've also watched in fascination with the community that's popped up and, and, and the, the, the tightness of this community. And then the um, unofficial, what's a good euphemism, tweaking, uh, development of, of the uh, the actual, the Alcug's shard, uh, the servers, you know, um, the, the, I guess, hacking that's gone on, you know, to create new ages, things like that. I mean, oh, yeah, they're interested. And, of course, then some of Rand's comments during the, the Paris interview about wanting to release the, the tools, really trying, desiring to release tools that will make, uh, make it possible for Until Uru to grow. I, mean, I think they just want to see it grow because it meant so much to them, no matter what form it takes. Um, what, what will that mean in the future? You know, I don't know. I don't really know. But 
yeah, you better believe they're interested. Yeah, as, as far as those tools are concerned, I mean, I, I really believe that Rand is passionate about making that happen. I, I really believe he wants to see it, Uru in some online form grow, even without his involvement, just because it's it's a continuation of a, of a legacy that he believed in strongly. I mean, if anybody believed in it, he just never wanted to let go of the hope. Ah, yes. Lots of stuff going on in the background. Um, as far as progress on the path of the shell servers, um, you know, it's still buggy, but it's getting better. They now have a workable key or Kai, depending on how you want to pronounce it. I think the official pronunciation is key, but I always pronounce it Kai because so um, I think they can accommodate three people per age right now. Um, and, and so they're, they're just working and this is completely independent of, of, of uh, any of science coding and things like that are concerned. So a lot of great progress as far as the path of the shell is concerned. Um, there's also been some progress, um, even movies posted over at Cobbs where guys have uh, created ages and been modeling and have the Uru avatar running around in a completely new environment. And there's some real talented people over there. And I know there are some people that are like, you know, this isn't created by Cyan and it's not going to be official. You know what? Look, the way things are going, there may never be the opportunity for anything official. But trust me, there are some talented modelers over there and some people that are just as passionate about the continuation of Cyan's legacy um, because they love new worlds and they love to create. So, um, yeah, there's progress. Now, it's going to be a while, I think, yet before a new age is available or new puzzles are available. But, um, look, I think it's you know, I think it's going to happen. It's not a matter of if, it's really a matter of when. Um, so it'll be a while, so don't get too excited. Um, but be patient, and I think you'll be pleased with... Um, what's going to show up and what will come down the pike. Yeah, the the um the Kagi authorizations um they, they ran out, but Chip caught wind of it and um he had some new ones generated and sent over there and they're back up and running. So there was a, a couple days where there weren't any new authorizations and a number of people uh appeared uh over at the uh, Ubi forums in the until Uru section looking for authorizations and now they're available, so you can go back and purchase them. The only problem is a few people, um, a few over on the Uru Obsession forums, were experiencing a problem where they purchased a new key, and, and when they tried to register it, told them that they that they uh, it was already in use. And so we've discovered that the best way, if, if you're having a problem with um, a duplicate authorization key, apparently when the new ones were generated, maybe there was some overlap with the old keys the old batch and the new batch. And so um, if you have a problem with, with a duplicate key or you forget your password, um, all that information, apparently you can go to a, to an email address, cyanworlds at kegi.com, and um, they will be able to associate your uh, initial authorization key that you purchased with whatever username and password that you registered by going back to the Cyan Worlds, the Plasma site. Um, it's there. So anybody out there, you forget your password or you got a key and it's uh, it's a duplicate email. Oh, wow. When did I join the community? Look, I've, I've always loved the game. You don't believe this, but I played the original Myst on a computer with a one-speed CD-ROM drive. It had it installed. One X. Those were the CD-ROM drives that were obsolete the day they were sold. 
that was a while back and of course just you know was a fan from the beginning as far as actually joining the community itself um really started when i was invited to participate in the uru life beta and that would have been um august prior to the to um uru ages beyond mists release just a few months so there were a lot of people that were in the beta much much longer than i was and i actually got in at one of the probably uh the time really where i was blessed to experience the game with i think the fewest possible bugs um in fact some of the versions the builds that we ran through and of course we ran new avatars and there were vault wipes and everything else but a couple of those builds that i think were a lot less buggy than what we ended up with during the Uru Live prologue, and um, even uh, even less buggy than what we have now with Until Uru, especially with the Teladon Sun bug. I never experienced that um, online during my experience with the beta. So it would have been um, would have been I think August two thousand and three that I really joined the community because then I registered, began to participate in the forums. And um, just uh, really, really enjoy the friendliness and, and the people and the helpfulness and just the sense of community that the Miss Games um, have brought to people from all over the world and from all kinds of different backgrounds. Uh, it's just been it's just been great fun. It's obvious you love Uru and its real time environment, but what is your favorite Mist game? Uh, that's a hard question. Favorite Mist game? Um, I try not to get involved in the real-time 3D versus realism of pre-rendered debate. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, I, I enjoy them all, and I'm not real picky, but I think somehow for me, the 3D real-time environments are a little bit more compelling. Um, so, you know, for me, Uru really is right up there. I think I have a, a softer spot for Real Mist, because when it was released, I was completely surprised. I didn't even know it was in the works. And so to explore Mist in the way that the Miller brothers originally envisioned was such a high level of realism. And then, of course, actually having a reward at the end. I mean, let's be honest. As much as I loved Mist, the original Mist ending kind of stunk. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, you, you, you've helped me and thanks, but I can't do anything for you. So... I'll chat with you later and have fun exploring places you've already been. You know, I, I loved Real Mist because you get to see it 3D, freedom of movement, and then that new age with the new information and all that connective tissue to Riven and, and even to Uru, you know, with all the, the, the Easter egg images that you could access in the uh, in the viewer. Just just great fun. So, you know, I think I'd have to pick Real Mist, you know, with, with for me, Uru running a close second. But look, truth be told... I enjoy them all. I love them all. And and uh, my wife and I enjoyed just playing them together and putting our heads together and, and trying to solve the puzzles. So um, it's that's not a fair question, but <laughs> there you have it. Thanks, Reverend Vader. We hope to speak to you again. This is the second year for the New Olympics. Last year, it was completed in two consecutive weekends. This year, it has been going on since March with at least one event per month or more. It has been a busy year for the DOC members. There is one event that has not been completed. That is the Pepsi Memorial Marathon. It will be held on the Guild of Greeters Shard on October 8th. There are 26 participants that will be running in Pepsi's honor 
and there is hope that more will sign up. The finals events will officially start Saturday, October 15th on the Tapestry Event Shard. These events will be completed Sunday, October 16th. A completed schedule is posted on the New Olympics website along with other information. Go to www.dni-olympics.info Also check the posts on your favorite forums. The Dni Olympic Committee would like to take this time to thank all of the Shard admins who have volunteered their time and Shards. Also all of the volunteers. There are many talented and giving people in our community. We applaud you all. Hello again. This is your news from the service reporter, Moag. Those of us who have lived through the Uru experience can remember the many tantalizing elements we encountered. Places that we could see but could not access due to barricades and other blockages. One of these locations was in our neighborhoods, up on the gallery behind the fountain. There were three doors tempting us to enter, but the DRC barricades were insurmountable and we could only imagine what lay beyond those doors. As we completed our journeys, we were eventually rewarded with free passage through those portals and into the great community hall that was a central feature of every hood. We could stand in the audience area and imagine the performances that must have taken place there during the golden age of Denis. And just thinking of the great dramas, the comedies, public addresses, debates, and so forth that had echoed through those stone halls made us dream of the great civilization that had once so flourished but had now fallen and disappeared. Perhaps it was with this in mind that the DRC left us a parting gift on the podium, a book of Denis poetry, thoughtfully translated by their language specialists and bound for the enjoyment of future visitors. There were four poems in the book, and the staff of the Cavern today would now like to present those poems to you. They will be read by Tayan, Moag, Moyeti Jean, and Azam. We hope you enjoy them. sea of seer's fire, clairvoyance bellowed from old Orpha's throat, her eyes revolving with sightless desire to be the mouthpiece of Yahavo's command. O trumpet of the Maker, you did send us promise, stone shall comfort her, affright and soothe his cry with noble recommend. Great King, great leader, hail in solemn rite. When twenty-five times twenty-five years passed, Renurf's sovereignty, the arch was blessed, beneath which each new monarch would attend his empire's birth, and make prophetic test in hopes of greatness. Weep not that the hand of raving anarchy seized and defiled the dinny crown, lament the chest blood spilled from vile fountains, yet civil unrest. Cruel-seeming fate tossed Corrine, queen and child, unborn onto the rubby lake. Each blast of war, wind almost rent their swollen sail, propelling them towards the hidden isle, towards safety, and as prophecy foretold, when twixt the arch legs their vessel's hull passed through, its upcast shadow flaming gold from every edge, the queen brought forth a son, and he cried out unto the regal stone, 
and soothing lullaby it did recall. The water's soft illumination shone, and not a ripple marred the ocean's lull. Unharmed, the greater family did retire to their protected age for thirty year, and did youthful Ashander return, reclaim the crown, and overwhelm the war. Rejoice then every Dini citizen, for it was this prophetic king who taught from violent root shall new start be borne out. Sing, O oh, sing, of the exiled king, and of his broken throne, of his matchless worth, and his storied birth beneath the arch of stone, of his newborn flight through the deadly night as his enemies pursue him. Past the island gate, he'll prepare and wait, for his foes shall ne'er subdue him. Cry, O oh, cry, for the ones who die at the foot of war's cruel throne. The living weep, and the dead ones sleep, as cold as fallen stone. How long, how long must the funeral song, the dirge, the lamentation, both day and night mark the fear-wracked plight of the suffering Dani nation? Pray, oh pray, for the far-off day when the king reclaims his throne, when the scourge of war has been banished far from the sheltering halls of stone. Through the endless night they still seek a light as fragile as an ember. The king will come like the rising sun, say those who still remember. Sing, O oh sing, for the great high king now reclaims his mighty throne. Hope's bright flame burns, and Denis king returns through the ancient arch of stone. Sing joyful songs, for he rights cruel wrongs, and tyrants cower before him. For the dream war killed, peace can now rebuild, so that Denis will adore him. Past, long past, deep in the dark of missed memories, an ancient wrote words of coming truth. The arch welcomes the reign of the Great One. While wicked wars ravaged on, the young one waited among the Garohevti, taken out among the branches to rock Jeruth. When will he wake? Biding time after such narrow escape from such Nadatav Bafasi, Peril from the warlike Pento and pursuit forcing Corrine from his home. Now awake, our great one, baby born under the arch prophetic, one of whom Orpa told beyond his age of Gardernay, one would rise above all. Mothers of Pento of Denis mourn over sons slain. Soft and fair tears flow swiftly to the lake, filling it full of sorrow. All cry out, Alcindar, return to us. And the young king soon sailed through the Carath's arch, his ship the harbinger of horror's death. The once war times now ended, and all Denis rejoices in his coming. Alcindar, our great one, archborn, arch returned, bastion of peace for us. Tears of joyous celebration cover all, true happiness again. Our place in the great tree preserved, and the great one's salvation remembered. What lies beneath this fallen world? The cold expanse with darkness filled, the winding paths that crush the mind, they fall to dreaded depths, yet climb 
to reach the windy surface climb, whilst chambers doubt and haunt the lost, never to waken, minds cold with frost, eager for life, not yet to live, first life to come, last day to lie. All this has passed, because great shame was passed on cursed Aegeris' name, whose cart of death in sleep was found long years before, while sleepless bound, Alzendar, the king, was crowned. For not just in statesmanship did he rule, fulfilling in greatness the prophecies too. The legacy left him, he passed on, telling a time with Dunny gone. Of other things as well as that, the new tree falling stricken dead, as survivors found a missing thread. What lies beyond these fallen words? The emptiness that drives the world. The written phrase burned to the page, made to discover the next great age. But power drives the mind to greed, to death and darkness does it lead. And such the poet laments greatly for peoples fallen deep innately, till, crowned again, the Great One reigns, and peace has won the Great Campaign. Thank you for joining us for this reading. We hope you've enjoyed hearing these lost voices from the Denis civilization, and that you'll join us for future readings. Until then, this is Mowag signing off. You're listening to The Cavern Today, brought to you by the Cavern Communications Network and Until Uru Fan Presentation. And now, time for a break. Please enjoy this latest song by Mattis.
Our next guest on the program will be Deg, who has attended Mysterium for the last two years and was in Chicago this summer for Mysterium 2005. Deg has been involved with the Mist community for a number of years. His perspective on Mist and the Kil'ulu community gives us insight into just what being a Mist fan is all about. Uh, well, my name is Deg. I've been in the Mist community for quite some time now. I started playing Mist right around the time uh, Riven came out. Uh, Jim Stephenson's site, uh, the unofficial Riven homepage, was probably the first Mist site that I found online, and that kind of got me involved. I just refer to him as Mysterium. Uh, I was the first. Uh, conference I considered to go into was uh, one in Spokane because uh, I was very excited. I wanted to meet all the guys at Cyan and really wanted to check out their offices uh, just because they look so very cool and uh, I wanted to see that. But you know, I was in uh, high school then and I just didn't have enough money and enough planning to fly all the way across the country to get there. Uh, so, like the year after that, they were in uh, Philadelphia, I think. And so that's a little bit closer to me, so I was hoping to go to that one and didn't quite make it. But uh, the year after was Toronto, which is just kind of a jump over the lake for me. So I was able to uh, go to Toronto, and that was a blast. And then, you know, I had so much fun, I just had to go to Chicago the next year. Um, well, I've only been the past two years, so I haven't quite figured out uh, the pattern yet. But. Uh, if I can go, if I'm able to get transportation, I'll definitely be there. So I, I try to attend. You know, it kind of started out, you know, when I was first learning about Mysterium, everyone was saying, you know, it's not really about Cyan or about showing off the next Myst game. It's really about the, the fans. And I thought that was great, you know, such a great community, but I didn't really believe it at first. Because I was thinking, yeah, yeah, there's fans, but this is still the Mist series, so I want to go see the game. But after attending Mysterium in Toronto, it was just so much fun hanging out with everyone and just chatting. And Chicago was a blast, too. And it really convinced me that we're just this great core group of fans, and you can just sit around and, and talk. And uh, it really is about the fans at these conventions. Yeah, you know, every year the Mysterium Committee picks out a hotel and uh, they uh, try to get everyone together. I know Chicago, there's uh, a few different groups at a few different hotels, but we always kind of met up uh, through cell phones or, or instant messengers. We'd meet up at different locations and hang out together. So uh, we try our best to, to stay as a group, and a lot of times you'll have a few different groups branching off to go to different museums or different uh, things, but we always seem to collect up for the meals. So we'll always overwhelm this restaurant. Um, we went to this, this great place in Chicago, and I just saw the look on the waiter's face as he saw all these, these fans coming in, and he was kind of scared at this mass amount of people, but we had a great time and the food was good. Well, Toronto, I got to meet uh, a few members of the Mist 4 Revelation development team from the Ubisoft Montreal studio, which was incredible. Um, we were all chowing down on Chinese food, uh, which Dusante uh, is, is famous for talking about A3, this Chinese food dish. 
so we all ordered that and we're chowing down, passing around plates of Chinese food. And uh, Jean Viev, you know, asked, So, what did you guys think of the Miss Revelation presentation? And I said, You know, it's great, but like the one part of uh, Atrus's desk, it looked a little placed, or, you know, I had one comment about it. And then she kind of says, Oh, yeah, well, we thought of it and we kind of did it that way because we thought Atrus would be very meticulous and very neat and organized. So that's why it looks like that. And it's just such an awesome experience talking to these people and it, a lot of times you'll see games or products and you see them as products you see it as a huge company and it doesn't really have a face um, but Mysterium that all comes down and you realize every decision every element of all of these games was decided by a real person and it has all of their thoughts and creativity and passion put into here into the game that it was just a great experience to be able to meet and chat and share with everyone about them. Thank you, Deg, and we hope that you can come back in the future with more information about what is being planned for Mysterium 2006, or for that matter, stories related to Abstract Squid, which is another aspect of Mist Life that we would all like to hear about. This is Dragmith coming to you live from Igoras Ferry Terminal. Most of the cavern has been eerily quiet lately, but sounds can be heard emanating from the island of Kavir as explorers work along yet another of Isha's journeys. Is she insane? Or does she just like walking? That's a choice you have to make in this thrilling conclusion to the Great Mist series. Once again, assuming the role of the infamous stranger, explorers will travel to worlds and see things, and perhaps people, that they never imagined they'd see. The forums are raving about this latest installment, especially with the knowledge that it too takes place current day. Although this causes some major contradictions with Uru, it's still a great game nonetheless. Personally, I've always liked Exile the best, at least since I started playing it. And although this game didn't change my mind, it did throw me a few loops. A great game by a courageous company. Try saying that ten times fast. As with all the missed games, this is a tale of history, power, deceit, trust, loyalty, and just about every other pair of opposites that you can imagine. The opening video does contain spoilers of the previous game, Mist for Revelation, and Yisha's many journals do tell of events, and ultimately conclusions, that took place in all the previous games. So if you haven't played through them, I would highly recommend doing that before playing this one. I think it's time I answered some questions. Now, I've been told to keep this spoiler free. Although the entire CCN staff is probably trapped somewhere near the end of their journey, it'd probably be a good idea to do what I'm told for now. From the Uru Obsession forums, Bargain would like to know why they changed the name Cyrilen to the much more familiar Nolaben. It seems that in the original version, the original name of the age was Nolaben. Then, for the final version, they were going to change it for Cyrilen. For whatever reason, they didn't. If you look in the Nolaben SDL file, you'll find that at the top it says Cyrilen, the age formerly known as Nolaben. It is known that seven MP3s came included with the European Collector's Edition of Myst 5. Aerith, also on the Uru Session forums, would like to lay to rest the reports that the soundtrack included in the U.S. Limited Edition contained only those seven MP3s. It turns out that the soundtrack includes 17 different tracks, totaling one and a half hours of high-quality music. 
And that's all the time I've got. Sounds like I've made the power a little mad at me. Guess I better call that... We are pleased to present the Cavern Today's own serial drama, Journey of the Called, narrated by Zam and featuring the voices of Tyone as himself, Moog as Jeff and the Stranger, and Moeti Jean as Sarah, written by Tyone and edited by Moeti Jean. In our previous episode, terrible earthquakes began to rack the city as Tyone revealed a mysterious decay that was rendering Relto linking books useless. Yesha rescued many people by linking them to the Barrow Cave, but a sinister stranger appeared there and abducted Tyone. With no working links and no sign of Yesha, Jeff, Sarah, and the other refugees are stranded. Now, Episode 2 of Journey of the Called. I need to sit down. That makes 34 people besides us. Any more and we would have been squished. We're already at that point. (laughs) True. I've removed you from the rest of them. You! I know who you are. How dare you! Be silent! Huh? Let me tell you, Tyon. You follow a foolish path. You're the fool. You have no idea what you're doing. Oh, but I do. Suddenly, a surprised-looking barrow appeared in front of Tyon. What are you doing to them? This! It's been at least five hours now. I bet I'm not the only one who needs something to eat soon. It's getting hot in here, too. Having fun? You again? I can tell you missed me. What do you want with us, anyway? Who are you? Getting a little testy, aren't you? Mm. Well, I came to give you this. The stranger threw a linking book at their feet. See you again. What book is it? It's Ralto. You should see the expressions on your friends' faces. It's so very amusing. In fact, we can't look in on them now. The stranger moved his hand through the air, and before them appeared a hovering image of the Barrow Cave and its prisoners. Sarah! Jeff! Don't bother, they can't hear you, but we can listen to them. I don't know if we should use this. What choice do we have, Sarah? Otherwise, we're stuck here. That person is not to be trusted, and besides, we know better than to just link to some age that looks like Relto. For all we know, it could be a prison book. (laughs) One prison to another, then. 
I'm willing to take the chance. Jeff. Nobody's coming to get us. We can sit here forever, or we can take the chance that this is a stable Ralto book. Whatever this guy has, he has power. And if he wanted to kill us, I doubt we'd be alive right now. Sarah? There are Yusha pages here that we don't have. Really? Let me see. Where would he... Ty. What? This is Ty's Ralto book. Well, how can that be? Our story will continue in the next episode of Journey of the Called. Thank you for tuning in. Episode 2 was produced by Tyone, Donahue, and Moyeti Jean for the Cavern Communications Network. For more information, including the music used in this episode, visit www.thecaverntoday.com. Join us next time. listening to The Cavern Today, brought to you by the Cavern Communications Network and Until Uru Fan Presentation. Every Wednesday night, the laundromat hood on OB Oasis hosts a free laundry night. Please join us for an evening of relaxation and fun while your clothing is washed, dried, and pressed. You can view your clothes being cleaned on the guest temperature, and there is always fresh coffee, tea, hot chocolate, and soft drinks, plus wonderful pastries and donuts provided, of course, free. Your hostess is SJ, who will do all she can to make your clothes cleaning a pleasant experience. The evening usually begins about 8 p.m. Eastern Time and lasts until about 11 p.m. Eastern Time. We hope to see you there. Get those clothes clean. Thanks goes out to all of our guests on the program today, including Reverend Vader from the Mist Worlds Forum. I'd like to thank Deg for his Mysterium 2005 column. I'd like to thank the cast of The Journey of the Called. I'd like to thank Mattis for bringing us another cool song called Dance Floor. And I'd like to thank Delanor for special music. Be sure to tune in next time for Podcast 3, which is all about sports and the Denny Olympics. Thank you for listening to The Cavern Today. The Cavern Today is a Cavern Communications Network production and an Until Uru fan presentation. For more information about subscribing to our program, please go to our website at www.thecaverntoday.com. To make comments, you will want to visit and register at our form, which you can link to from the website. Photos and bios of our Around the World and Across the Shards production team are available on the website. If you want more storyline or photos to go with our cast, you should visit www.echo2thecaverntoday.blogspot.com. We are the Cavern Today staff. Myself, writer and host, Tyon, my co-host, Perlene, our news desk reporter, Lisa, our field reporter and special features host, Moog, 
are reporters Jade, Drachmith, Gatron, and Old Man. Our promotions director, SJ. Our scheduling director, Supergram. Our line producer, JWPJ. Our technical consultant, Delanor. Our series feature editor, Moati Jane. Our webcam director, Pally64. The actors of the serial are myself, Moag, and Moati Jane, and Sam. The voice of Mrs. McGillicuddy is Anne D. Our programming director is Gavin. Our administrator, web, and form designer is Miles. Our sound editor and producer is Donahue. Our resident musician and sound director, LCC from the Huru Project Shards. Administrator, technical, and editorial producer is Steve Crocs. Our CP writer and editorial producer is Ruby O. DeGee. And music is courtesy of LCC from the Huru Project Shards. Shroff.